0: I've decided that it's actually a lot more relevant to other people's situations than they realize.
1: Hmm. Why?
0: Every SHTF is not knowing. Hmm. In that instant, you do not know what is happening, what is going to happen, how to respond, or what to do with it, right? I mean, every single one. Welcome to Thrive in the Future podcast, positive solutions to help
1: you thrive, designing your intentional life, homesteading, gardening and Rediscovering Culture and Tradition. Before we get to the episode, please consider joining the thriving Patreon. On the Patreon, you can get early episodes and lots of extras, including the extra Cyprian episode where he talks about crypto and crypto wallets and some of the challenges with those you get outtakes and extras that's at patreon.com slash thriving the future also you've seen what's going on on twitter the engagement's way down things are not showing up unless you actually pay the $8 a month is it $8 anymore? who knows it keeps changing every other week Elon changes something so go and join our thriving community telegram group it's at signup.thrivingthefuture.com. There we share our solutions, both homesteading, gardening, and talk a lot more about how we're making thriving work in real life. So go check it out. That's signup.thrivinginthefuture.com. Now let's get to the episode. Not too long ago, we talked about in the cosmology and worldview episode about not knowing the future. And how do you live with that? So Perpin is on a monastic path. He's going to become a monk. And he literally doesn't know what tomorrow looks like. So there were some questions about that. So we dive a little bit more into what not knowing looks like. And how to handle not knowing. Thank you the for listening to Thrive in the Future. Uh, cosmology. If you like this episode, please shoot us a tip or on Venmo about at Thrive in the Future. How do we or have Cash a app uh, at Dollar design Thrive your, your Or go life join our Patreon
0: at Patreon. If you don't know what's going to happen, happen in the
1: that seems to be a confounding topic or a confounding comment. Everybody's yelling. I've,
0: I've had one person ask me that almost directly, <clears throat> everybody else kind of hints around it since I right. said that I was just you know getting comfortable with not knowing because a lot of
1: right. So let review. Which what are you? Uh, where are so you there, at, and what what do you not know?
0: I do not know what monastery that I would be going at permanently. When mm-hmm. I would be doing a longer visit, what I'm doing next, or any of that. I mean, it is personally. yeah. What's the next
1: step is even a question at this point.
0: Well,
1: we had you had that question the other night. So, where are you going to go? What's your next step? I don't know, and it, and people just get taken aback.
0: Yeah. At this point, we know that I'm going back to a monastery for about a week mm-hmm. later this month. Um, but, you know, that's a week. Right. It doesn't answer anything. And it really seems to bother people that I don't know. So I've been, you know, I've been thinking about this. We've been discussing it. Um, mm-hmm. I've decided that it's actually a lot more relevant to other people's situations than they realize.
1: Hmm. Why?
0: Every SHTF is not knowing. Hmm. In that instant, you do not know what is happening, what is going to happen, how to respond, or what to do with it, right? I mean, every single one. You lost your job. Oh, what now? You got hit by a car. Am I hurt? Do I need to go to the hospital? What now? Who's going to pay the bills? Every one of those, you know, big to small.
1: Yeah. And you can have a plan, but the famous thing is everybody has a plan until they're punched in the face.
0: Right. It, it, it goes out the window. And you, then you're in that position of there's a lot of things you don't know. And getting comfortable with that is going to be part of thriving, getting to that place where you're comfortable and accepting That you don't know.
1: Right. Yeah, that was one of the things that Cyprian said throughout early twenty twenty was you have to get to acceptance. There's so many people that were just so upset about my world's collapsing down. And they're you know, like I said before, most of those people were prepped up. Their world really wasn't crashing down, they didn't lose their job, they didn't they didn't run out of food, they were still getting paid. And everything else in that UBI experiment, it was, uh, you know, not really affecting them that much. But But everybody got to stay home. And it didn't end the world. Staying home was good. Right. And the worldview got is the thing that crashed down, not really their world.
0: Right. So, you know, one of the things that we talked about going into this was in the before time, before cell phones. Mm Mm-hmm. There is a lot, there was a lot of not knowing mm, because sure. you, you you could arrange it, you know, we're going to meet up for dinner tonight at, you know, X restaurant, right? You know, the Olive Garden, whatever, right? Not appropriate for the times, but you know. Yeah, yeah. But you didn't know when they were going to show up because you didn't have any way to contact them, right? I mean, you could call their house, but if they were on their way, they'd left house or they were leaving from work or you didn't know where they were leaving from I and mean, it wasn't a constant intact contact thing. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you know, one of the first problems Twitter solved was bar hopping, because Twitter was set up to be 144 characters because that was a text message right limit, and you were able to then post that where somebody else could check it. So we are going from this bar to this bar to this bar to this bar. That was one of the original problems it was to solve. Mm. Everybody That's thinks it's communication and debate. I remember watching one of the early. Screensavers episodes on tech TV where they brought them in to talk about this. And that was one of the main problems that they were solving at the time was, how do we meet up at the right bar? So it's
1: basically a persistent text message for everybody when you didn't necessarily have group text back then, right?
0: Right. And then, you know, anybody, do you know the person you forgot to text because you're half drunk or, you know, (laughs) the person, you know, that's looking for you all who didn't get in contact with you that week, right? Right. The guy that's in town who wasn't planning to be in town that weekend, or right sure. it, that, that was the problem they were solving. But at this point, we are so used to those not only not only just a constant on internet connection, but a constant seconds away response from anybody. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think that has eaten away at our ability to handle not knowing. Nobody has to wait. Yeah, I mean, there were plenty of times where you waited for people to show up.
1: Yeah, but on the converse of that, you also have people that don't respond immediately because text or even something like that, Twitter, is asynchronous. So, like, if I call my daughter, she won't answer the phone because she doesn't like talking on the phone. So she'll send me immediately, send a text, say, what do you want? Yeah. Something wrong. And I go, no, and then and then I'll say something, and then sometimes hours will go by, and we'll have a, we're having a conversation, and then all of a sudden, you know, she goes and does something else, and all of a sudden the conversation drops off. And then I really hate when I get texts at 11 or 12 or 1 o'clock in the morning because the person finally came back and checked their phone. So there is some hope there, but, you know, it's... Uh, well,
0: well, that and then knowing yeah. that we used to live with. I mean, you left the house and, yeah, you know, sure. you kind of gave people a plan, sort of, you know, I'll be back around midnight, right? Right. That doesn't happen anymore. Mm-hmm. So so there's a lot of times that, that that isn't there, right? I mean, if it was an emergency, she'd call you back, right? Uh-huh. When you hit an emergency or you say it's an emergency, it's amazing how fast people respond. Right. Like, I, I went through that recently when... Bomb died, right? And I came back, and as people heard that, I had immediate conversations with people that would wait days to answer a text message.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah. Because they that was important. And so there is some shift in that, but there is, they're comfortable with not carrying on the conversation again until later, right? How do we get more comfortable? What
1: are some of the tips that we can do with...
0: I think we have to well you just have to surrender to sometimes the situation is completely out of your control uh-huh. like you got hit by a car the situation is quickly gotten out of control it's right. n- it's not controllable by anybody yeah there are times when what you're waiting for is out of your hands whether it's your daughter responding or it's you know, above your pay grade, right? Your boss needs to respond to it. Mm -hmm. And we have, you kind of have to go, well, until they respond, I can't do anything. So I'm going to go do this. Or I'm just going to relax and not worry about it. But we've gotten programmed into this worry and anxiety. Unknowing is a bad thing. That's modern America. Modern America is know it all, control it all, be it all. And contain it all, all the time. Right. So we kind of have to move past being modern Americans. Because <laughs> that's modern America. Yeah. But that wasn't, you know, back when, like, the Independence Day, like <clears throat> we were talking about earlier, right? That was several months before you got a letter of response from the king. Mm-hmm. And that was just the boats. I mean, you got to wait till he's ready to deal with it and people are ready to talk to him about it and he stops yelling and screaming about it and right all Mm -hmm, that. I mean, mm -hmm. there's time used to move slower. And I think part of getting comfortable with not knowing is getting a real relation to how slowly time actually moves and leaving space. It's not a disaster to do nothing. Yeah.
1: But, I mean, just leaving space. There's so many, I've got to fill this up, i got to fill this up, i got to fill this up. Time-wise, right? You know, I've got some time before I have to go to, you know, whatever appointment. Or I have time while I'm waiting in the waiting room. What do we do? We pull out the phone.
0: Well, we believe that time is money. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we've been told that over and over and over. Yeah. Um, I was reading Brave New World recently again, and... It was like, oh, yeah, that's one of those things they programmed almost in our sleep, right? Mm-hmm. Time is money, time is money, time is money. Well, it's not. I have 24 hours a day. Right. I don't get paid for those 24 hours. Mm-hmm. I get paid for some of them where I do work. And a lot of work anymore is sitting in mm. meetings doing nothing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, but But we get into this, our anxiety feeds each other's anxiety. And so you need to develop something that allows you to pull back out of that. I mean, one of the things people like about the weekend, right, is they go hiking or they go to the lake or they do these things that create this space and time. And going, oh, I have five minutes between now and when Scott's going to pick me up or we're going to record or leave to record, right? And saying, oh, I can just sit. I mean, there are things you can do to, you know, during that time to help you get there, but it is first acknowledging that nothing's going to go bad if I don't do something and nothing's going to go bad if I don't know. Mm-hmm. And you can't really get to the adventure part of experiencing until you surrender to not knowing is okay. Right. Because adventure happens in the not knowing because you're more in an observe and take it in and experience it rather than drive the whole situation. Yeah, there's part of
1: me that just is terrified of losing control even though I'm not really in control, right? Just yeah. the idea of being acquiesced to someone else really bothers me. <laughs> well... Yeah. Why? Just, just feels like I'm going to be led where I don't want to go, right?
0: <laughs> right. There, there's a, There's a tension there. The same as, like we've talked about several times, leaving the problem unsolved. When a friend comes to you and talks to you about their problems. Oh, yeah. Leaving it unsolved. There's a tension there. Sure. Instead of saying, oh, it'll be okay... Or that leaving it at, I hear you, I understand, Let me I am your in sorrow. sorrow with you, yeah. I, wow, I don't know what to do with that. Yeah. There's so many There's, people
1: that if you talk to them and you say, yeah, I'm going through this tough time, they'll immediately go to solution mode and they're telling you what to do.
0: Because they're uncomfortable with that? Yeah. Tension. huh. In silence, there is tension, Mm -hmm. Um, which is part of, you know, my situation, right? You have to be somewhat able to deal with that if you're going to become a monk, because there's a lot of, not a lot of, there is a part of time where you are spending longer and longer in that tension. Sure. So that you can actually see your thoughts or well, realize your own processes.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's interesting because so and this is this is uh this is an interesting turn to the conversation. That there are people that oh yeah, Purpin's gonna go become a monk. They're like, Oh, he's running away from the world. He can't handle the world I'm not insulting Oof. you. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> and uh And, like, he can't handle real life. He can't handle real world or whatever, you know. And then,
0: because that's the... Once again... Oh, but see, see, there's an interesting thing, because you say that. I don't feel insulted, but I I would mean something different by I can't live in the world than they mean. Yeah, I know. Yeah.
1: It's the death to the world means two different things. (laughs) Like the...
0: What they mean is, I can't cut it in the competition to be the most successful to gather the most toys before I die. You can't. Yeah, that's what they mean. That's what they mean. Right. Uh huh. Whereas that doesn't hold value to me anyway. Sure. So I can't make it in the world. Is I am having an extremely hard time living with people that that is their goal. Mm-hmm. because it is so painful to watch them right because they are uncomfortable with those pauses they're uncomfortable with unknowing they can't handle the spaces and the tension
1: well and it's also as you get older you start realizing that you know there's no real retirement anymore
0: there never was I know
1: it was all Hulk but, or it was a fleeting thing that was only due to one generation.
0: If you truly do what we think retiring is now, uh-huh. you will go insane.
1: Yeah, exactly. But, um, yeah. So, yeah, and then there's the, the well, monks don't do, quote, unquote quote, anything and then uh, you're closing up your notes
0: (laughs) we're off the notes (laughs) there's no wrangling this back to monks don't do anything (laughs) where were you going with that
1: no no I mean you know that, that oh well and it goes back to the withdrawing from the world
0: Mm. Right. Yeah.
1: So, what do monks do, just for people that don't know. What's monastic life look like?
0: Well, there's what monastic life looks like, and there's what the goal is.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And sometimes they're closer, and sometimes they're farther apart, because you're dealing with a bunch of flawed people. Mm-hmm.
1: Wait, we're flawed?
0: Yes. (laughs) It's called sin. We are missing the mark of what we were created to be. Yeah. Um, So there is... it, It depends on the monastery and the brotherhood and how they're going to make their living. Just like some people make their living programming computers. Some people make their living growing vegetables. Some people make their living... Installing electric systems or security systems, or working in McDonald's, right? I mean, mm-hmm. so each monastery and brotherhood's a little different based on what their occupation that pays for their material needs. Sure, is. Mm-hmm. Um, so you take care of those things, whether it's writing books or uh, subsistence farming and fishing, whether it's beekeeping beekeeping or making soaps or candles or jams, jellies, honey, you know, all those possible Mm -hmm. avenues and probably more I haven't (coughs) even thought of. Right. I mean, there's been coffee roasting. There's been, you know, there's people that paint icons there, you know, Mm -hmm. make prayer ropes. Um, There is that. But then there is the praying for the whole world. Mm Mm-hmm which I don't think works the way most people would understand that because their idea of prayer is a little different. Um, But that's conversations even beyond having in this format um, (laughs) (laughs) way. Yeah. Part of that is having some time of doing nothing so that you can see your own internal processes because that's where you meet the world because we aren't that different as people everyone's uncomfortable in that tension Mm -hmm. everyone's mind wanders to these places it probably shouldn't be of worry and anxiety and a thing is not changeable healable or addressable until it's observed and witnessed. Yeah. And so monasteries are partially that for the monks living there. Um, in the Catholic tradition, the monks and nuns usually also have some outreach to the community or something like that, mm-hmm. which is also a part of that, right? Meeting those people. It doesn't quite work that way all the time in the Orthodox world. A lot of times it's more people going to the monastery for a retreat or a break or to refocus, right? Mm-hmm. And then you're bringing them in and living with them to some extent in that same... It's like inviting somebody over to stay for the weekend to your family, right? I mean, right. They, they come experience what it's like to do what you're doing and... That matters and affects their life when they get back home. Huh. And there's creating that environment. That's not doing nothing, even though a lot of it may look like doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, if you're going to do that, you people naturally are there to let their brain kind of unravel and to take all the stuff that's bothering them and set it to the side and as humans most of that is done by talking to somebody Mm-hmm. and whoever they're going to talk to has to be comfortable with that tension and that silence and then they also need a place where that they can get away from everybody always telling them their troubles hmm. and so you have that support network there inside a monastery right? I mean right. all the monks don't necessarily talk to the public in that way but there will be someone there that does and then that person can retreat back with the rest of the brothers you know doing gardening mm-hmm. making candles going to services meals right There's a, it's a complete support network all the time
1: mm-hmm. wow well, so final tips for getting coping with not knowing
0: You have to acknowledge and get to the place where you're accepting you have to get to acceptance that you're not able to control that situation or know that thing uh-huh I mean if if you want to get really good at it, watch children a little bit. Mm. they don't know a lot. they don't know when dinner's coming. They don't know what they're having for dinner a lot of times. They don't know what their parents are going to do for the weekend. They don't know where they're going. You ready to go yet? Where are we going, right? I mean, that. and as they get older, maybe there's some of that and some of that gets discussed, but there there is a lot of not knowing as a child. Sure. And if you watch them and observe, you can see that it creates stress for some of them and some of them it doesn't and some of them that stress can completely be resolved by telling them that you're leaving and what you're doing 5 minutes before you do so that they have time to switch from whatever they're doing right whether they're playing games on their phone or whether they were you know reading a book or just playing right that that transition period is very very key because if you if you get shocked into it you're dealing with it in shot. Mm-hmm. So learning to recognize that and then saying, okay, I can't control this. What am I going to decide to do through this? Mm-hmm. I'm waiting on my boss to make a decision on this. Well, then I'm going to write what I know about it down on this piece of paper, in this notebook, on the whiteboard, whatever. I'm going to set that aside and I'm going to go do this other thing. And when it comes back to that, I'm going to have my notes to go to. Right? If it's, you know, so-and-so got hit by a car, what's the most important thing? Are they bleeding to death? Is the ambulance coming? All those things are handled. Then what I need to do is be here to sit with them through this. Yeah. So I'm going to do that. Mm -hmm. Like training a dog, right? You have to Mm -hmm. take as long as it takes for the dog to get it. Right. You just have to make those decisions that get used to finding what the most important thing to be doing is at that moment. And sometimes it's nothing.
1: Thank you for listening to Thrive in the Future. If you like this episode, please shoot us a tip on Venmo at Thrive in the Future or on Cash App at Dollar Thrive in the Future or go join our Patreon at patreon.com slash thrive in the future. Thank you.